Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do a review I've never done before. This is a review of the 2022-23 Premier League season. I'm your host Matthew and uh, yeah, the United cast. I started that in 2019. It was the 19-20 season, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first full season. That was when we started covering football on Entertainment Talk. I've done a couple of other little podcasts on other things as well. Um, but yeah, after all these seasons, this season particularly, and I don't know if I'll do this every year necessarily, uh, just really stood out to me. This was a really, really fascinating season to, to watch a couple of particular teams to, to highlight both for their rises and a few for their falls, you could say this season. Um, but yeah, we had records broken, like with Erling Haaland. We had teams losing shocking games. Um, some relegation, some shocking relegations that nearly happened. Uh, pretty much a new set of top four teams, as opposed to last season. And a part of it that's so interesting is, if you look back to last season, and how everybody was doing, and if you tried to predict this season, because... Yeah, that's what some people do. The season finishes, transfers happen, and then you do predictions as to who's going to win what the next season. I think a lot of things that happened in here, no, nobody would have predicted most of them, which just made it so fascinating because, I mean, that's a good thing. You know, we we all came into this season, I think most of us thought, oh, it's going to be Liverpool or City again, because the last couple of years it's been Liverpool or City. Um... And we've had like the rise of Newcastle, the return of Man United, the rise of Arsenal this season. And two, three particular teams to point out. The fall of Liverpool, um, the fall of Tottenham, and however you would describe what happened to Chelsea this uh, particular season. Sacking yet more managers and bringing Lampard back for some reason. Um, so how am I going to do this? There's a few just... Point. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to read out, like, different results and, like, you know, things like that. There's so many games that have been played, it'll be impossible to go through all of them. But, um, I suppose what I'll do, I'll, re- I'll read out the Premier League table. Not the full thing in terms of wins, losses, draws, but just who finished where and what points. Just so we know who finished where and how many points they had, and we can kind of go from there. So, uh, from 1st to 20th, Man City at 1st. Um, I'm not going to say how many games they've played. Everybody's played 38 games. Uh, 89 points. Arsenal with 84 uh, in 2nd place. Then Man United in 3rd with 75. Newcastle in the top 4 uh, with 71. Liverpool down to 5th with 67. Uh, Brighton in 6th with 62. Uh, Villa, Aston Villa sorry, in 7th. With 61. Then just below them. Tottenham in 8th place. With 60. Uh, Brentford in 9th place. With 59. Fulham at 10th. With 52. Uh, Crystal Palace. At 11th. With 45. Chelsea. 12th. Um, with 44 points. Wolves in 13th. With 41 points. West Ham United. Uh, 14th spot. With 40 points. Bournemouth in 15th. With 39 points. Uh, 16th place, Nottingham Forest, uh, 38 points. Just above the relegation zone, 17th place with 36 points. Then the three relegated teams, 18th place, uh, Leicester City with 34 points. 19th place, uh, so also relegated, Leeds United, 31 points. And then Southampton in 20th with 25 points. It's so I want to I want to focus first on the teams that did better this season because I think that's I don't know if that's more interesting because what happened with Liverpool was very interesting especially as a United fan and as somebody who you know we want to beat Chelsea but I don't hate Chelsea finishing twelfth was just a very curious thing. Um, the rise of I'll, I'll go sort of from most surprising downwards. So Arsenal in second place. Uh, let's just uh, let's do a quick bit of reflection of where they fit. So I'm going to look at where each team finished. They finished fifth last season. So there you go with that. And again, you'd look at like Chelsea had a decent season last season. Liverpool have just a point behind Man City, really going neck and neck with Man City right till the final day. 
And then you have Arsenal in second place. Now, they made a couple of signings this season, Arsenal, but... Um... I mean, Arteta did something well, quite clearly. I think they should have won it, ultimately. I really think they should have won it. There was um, a good stretch of months, if we want to call it that, where Arsenal were top of the league. They got knocked out of Europa League. They weren't in the FA Cup. They weren't in the Carabao Cup. And there was a good period of games where they just had Premier League games left. I think there was... I think when there was 29 games played... I think that was when they were last top of the league, uh, around around that sort of point. They were about four points clear with about nine games to go. And that was all they had to play, was just those nine games. Some of them difficult, some of them against Liverpool and stuff. Um, for them, though, like drawing those three games in a row, I think, really hurt them. Then losing to City, I think, was kind of the nail in the coffin. And then, interestingly as well... They then lost, what was it, two games in a row? I think they lost to Brighton and they lost to somebody else. And then, on the last day, uh, way after the league title's even been decided, they decided to beat Wolves 5-0. I just, I don't know, it, it was capitulation, I suppose, but it was things like that Southampton game. Them going 2-0, I think it was 2-0 down, back to 3-3, but they equalised right in the last minute. Um, interestingly enough, so 84 to 89, so that's what, five points. The three draws they had, so they got one point, one point from nine. Yeah, that's correct. Um, if they'd have won those three games, one of them was at Liverpool, but those were the three games where I think they took the lead. I think one was at West Ham, one was Southampton, I think the other one was Liverpool. If you're going for the league title and that's all you've got to aim for, there's no other no other things to be concerned about, no fixture congestion or anything like that. Because um, they could have still lost to City and still won the league. Um, I mean, I know City lost on the last day, but if you forget about that for a minute, five points, if they win those three games, that's six points. Um, and then if you avoid doing things like losing to Brighton or something... Um, they they could have and should have won it. They really should have. Um, it's so interesting hearing the conversation around Man City this season, of like, oh, they were dominant, and like they were untouchable. They weren't top of the league for most of the season. Arsenal were. So, and okay, let, let's say Arsenal play ten games before they play City. City can't control what Arsenal do in those ten games. Like if if a team's got points up ahead of you. And you don't play them anytime soon. And they keep winning and you can't do anything about that. Because they keep gaining points and you can't beat them. Because you're not playing them. There is nothing you could do about that. But um, I'm pretty sure earlier in the season City had the lead. And then Arsenal took it for, for a long, long, long time. And then they just let it go at the end. But they still could have lost. I think they did lose twice to City. If you look at where Arsenal slipped up. They still could have lost twice to City but still won the league. It's It was quite disappointing to see. And I think it would have made for an even more interesting uh, Premier League title. Um, City winning it again. I, I spoke about this on the uh, Cup Final preview podcast. Um, there is still more conversation. Instead of like, oh, City won it and they've won three in a row. And look at what Pep's done and look at Haaland. The conversation is more about how Arsenal didn't win it. Rather than um, how City did. That just kind of goes to show you... Which one people are kind of paying more attention to. Because Man City, like, they still do feel like this fake club. That just, like, they've got all those allegations against them and everything. I don't know when the Premier League will do something about that. Um, or if they will. Um, but the conversation was more look at how Arsenal had bottled the league. And not about how City had, had won it. And I saw, I think the the minute that one of those Arsenal games finished. I think it was the Brighton game. And I think it was The Athletic posted, oh, here's how City fought back to win the title. Man City didn't fight back to win the title. Arsenal gave it to them. Arsenal gave up and they gave it to them. Because they still could have lost twice to them uh, based on just the end of the season. And Arsenal could have and should have still won it. So this whole like Man City are, are elite and they fought back. They didn't fight back. Arsenal just didn't want it, just handed it to them. 
because they just capitulated. So, as good as it was to still see someone different competing, because it wasn't Liverpool again, it was Arsenal this time. And we were that we were in and around the area for for a bit of time around about January, I think, when we'd beaten City, we were like a couple of points behind them. Uh, so that was interesting for a bit as well. But could have made it even more interesting by just winning the title. All you, all you have to do is just keep winning your Premier League games. Um, whereas Man City still had, you know, three competitions they were playing in and everything else. So I'm uh, not going to talk too much about Man United because obviously I do have the United cast. I've been talking about them all year long. But it was really great to see us have some sort of comeback this season. We've clearly been a lot better this season than the than last. We've got a cup final still to play. Um, we have won a trophy. Okay, it might be a small one, but you know, it's, a trophy's a trophy. Um, finishing top three, so back in the Champions League, that's really, really great. Um, but I don't want to make this about uh, Man United because I already do the United cast. Um, the next surprise, I'm not going to go through every single team, but I'm going to go through um, the the ones that had like the, the bigger surprises. Uh, Newcastle rising up this season. It was interesting because yes, they've got the Saudi money now. They didn't spend on a Saudi sort of level, if that makes sense. I remember one of the seasons when City went and bought loads of players. Uh, this was around like 2011, 2010, somewhere like that. And they brought like uh, basically a new squad. That's not what Newcastle have done. They've had a few good new uh, new players, but they haven't spent like loads and loads of money. Um, but Eddie Howe, massive credit to Eddie Howe. Um, I think he's done an amazing job with that Newcastle team. They, they've got some a good bunch of players there, but obviously they, they need to keep growing and keep building. Uh, got themselves into the Carabao Cup final against us. We just managed to beat them over the line to it. Um, but no, like, because how, how how long have they been been owned by Saudis for? I think like a couple of seasons, right? Um, again, even going into this season. I think everyone was just expecting City a top again, Liverpool second, and then everybody else in a particular order. Um, but of course, there's Chelsea to talk about as well. Uh, but yeah, Newcastle coming around, coming back. Um, it makes things more interesting. Um, I fundamentally find it more interesting to have, let's say, Newcastle and Arsenal being competitive and... Liverpool trying to be but failing to be. That's more interesting to me. Rather than just everything City and Liverpool and everybody else just falls like 10 points behind. Um, that was a, a lot better to me. So, um, But I will see what Newcastle can do in the future. It's you know If you're a Newcastle fan and you've been dealing with rubbish for, for years. I think his name was Mike Ashley, the previous owner. And obviously Steve Bruce as a manager. Uh, you've got new owners now. You've got Eddie Howe who's a good manager. Whether Eddie Howe can bring you, you know Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues. But... You know, I think Newcastle fans would be happy with, like, any silverware right now. Even them getting to the final of Carabao Cup, I think, was a big achievement for them. So, I, I think Newcastle fans will be very happy with the season. But I think next season they'll be looking to add to their squad and um, do do a bit more of something. It just depends with the Man United's and Arsenal's and Cities and Liverpool's what they can do against those teams. Um so yeah, it's interesting stuff. It's very interesting. The fall of Liverpool. Um, at one point in the season, they were out of every competition and they were sitting eighth in the Premier League. Um, Liverpool is probably the most interesting to me this season. Aside from maybe, I think, new, what's happened with Newcastle and what happened with Liverpool are the two most interesting things. Like Tottenham and Tottenham, whatever. Chelsea had just a weird fall off. We came back fighting and Arsenal were back on top. But specifically... In terms of a good thing, what happened in Newcastle and how Liverpool completely fell off a cliff this season, as at least compared to last season, are the two most interesting uh, elements to me. Last season, on the verge of the quadruple, winning FA Cup and a Carabao Cup, finishing one point behind City and losing one, I think it was a 1-0 in a Champions League final against Real Madrid. Real Madrid, not an easy team to beat. You were almost at like the heights of the heights of like, not not even Alex Ferguson himself won the quadruple. You were almost right there. You were basically, um, because it was Man City three, Villa two, wasn't it? On on that last day last season, you were literally a few goals away from winning a quadruple. But just just because you got close, and that's, that's still a brilliant season, um. So yeah, what did happen to Liverpool this season? Um, is Klopp burnt out on Liverpool? Are the players burnt out? I mean, 
they played every single game that they could in a season. Uh, we almost did that this year, but we didn't get far enough in the uh, Europa League. They got to three cup finals. I believe they played Community Shield and... Uh, what was it called? Did they play the Super Cup this year? Um, no, it wasn't that one. I think they played almost every single game that they could, apart from those two competitions. Played every single league game. Got to the Cup Final, got to the Carabao Cup Final, won those, got to the Champions League Final. So you could argue about, okay, were Liverpool burnt out this season from, like, trying to climb so high? And you did win a couple of things, but you didn't reach the greatness that you know that you could have and maybe should have reached. And then just collapse this season. That's possible, but... Um, I don't know, they just, th th there's a difference between capitulating for a couple of games, like we admittedly did for a few this, this season, and just falling down the Premier League table. Um, it's funny, because if you look at like the way they scored those seven goals against us in that 7-0, it, it, it's, it's just wild and really interesting to me how you can do that against one team, and then you lose like 3-1 to Brentford, I think it was. Um, and they, they had a period of, what, like five, six games. They just kept losing. They could not defend. All of their top players like Trent and Van Dijk and uh, like their strikers, could they couldn't do anything. They I, I was watching the highlights of their game and they, they just could not defend it. It just completely fallen apart. So there's maybe a debate about burnout, but... Going from almost winning the quad, being literally a couple of goals away from winning the quad, to, okay, you finished fifth, you didn't finish eighth, you finished fifth, and winning nothing this season. Because um, what was the furthest that they got? They, I don't think they made it to any semi-finals. I think they might have made it to a quarter-final of something, maybe. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of wild to see. But as a May United fan, I found it very entertaining. <laughs> so um, it, it's funny as well. Like, okay, you beat us seven nil. It's not a good thing. It didn't. Re it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, we finished above you. We've got one trophy in her in a cup final, and you've got no trophies in Europa League. Um, I said this on the FA Cup preview, right? Here's what's, here's, here's what's very interesting. Let's say we win that FA Cup and we do a domestic double with the Carabao Cup and FA Cup. And okay, third instead of second. They finish second one point behind City. There's a bit of a difference there. If we win the FA Cup final, right? Okay, we, we, were, we were in the Europa League, not the Champions League, that, that kind of thing. Like, that we didn't win our European competitions. I know that those stakes and those that context is different. If we win the FA Cup final and we've won the Carabao Cup, we've almost had the same season as Liverpool did last year. Remember that season of greatness? Comparisons again to Fergie's 99 team. Um, we'd have almost achieved the same thing that you did last season, which is basically top three. Because it's not... I mean, in terms of like actual like qualifications and achievements, there ain't that much difference between finishing second and third. Because first gets you the title... Second is runner-up. Third is, like, not runner-up, but Champions League guaranteed. And fourth is Champions League knockout round. Uh, the, you get the um, double-legged qualification thing for Europe. So, it's funny how things change, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's that's so interesting to me. Anyway, uh, they did end up finishing fifth, which was better than what they were doing. Um, but they, uh, they'll be in Europa League this season. Um... They've almost had the same season as we did last season. In Europa League and no trophies. So, yeah, how times change. Uh, Brighton did well. Villa did very well. Tottenham, towards the end of the season, couldn't stop letting in goals. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the highlight of that, obviously, the, the um, what was it in the end? 6-1, the, the Newcastle game? Five goals in 20 minutes. 20 minutes, five goals. That's incredible. That's that's truly incredible. I was having a conversation with my dad the other day because we were talking about who we'd want to buy and obviously Harry Kane came up. And I said to my dad, like, okay, obviously if Kane left, they'd try and replace him. Son's a very good player as well. 
if they lost Son and Kane, arguably just Kane. I mean, I think Son's a very good player, but he's good with Harry Kane. But if you take away Kane's goals from Tottenham and you still keep Son there and you replace Kane with like an average striker. If they were letting in goals like they were at the end of the season, I think Tottenham could get relegated if that happened. So I think they need to be very, very careful next season because their defence and their midfield is shocking. Absolutely shocking in terms of like personnel and performance. It's really quite awful. Um, sometimes someone will say to you, you know, oh, if he could take how many of the players from Tottenham, I think I'd only take Kane and Son. Um, I think our squad, our squad is much much better than theirs. I think they got. I think they've got one of the worst squads in the league. This isn't just about whether I think if Tottenham's squad's better or worse than than Man United's. I think they've got one of the worst squads in the league. I really do. Um, I think Villa have got a better squad. I think Fulham have got a better squad. Minus you know Harry Kane's the big piece of that. Uh, Chelsea have got well, when they got their players available. Have got a better squad. They got a better selection of players. Um, Newcastle have, Liverpool still have, even though Liverpool's midfield's been a bit dismantled. Brighton have got a better set of players. Yeah, I, I, there's very few teams in this league that have got a worse squad than Tottenham, I think. So, uh, Brentford doing very well, Fulham doing very well, Crystal Palace as well. Um, they were in some danger of relegation at some point. Um, the other surprise element as well, Chelsea. They had a very eventful season this year. Um, what went wrong? I believe, now if I can actually remember and keep track of their manager situation, which some of us struggle to do because they change it all the time, I swear they started with Tuchel, um, sacked him after a few months, then had Graham Potter for a while, and then had got Lampard back. Um... There's two very bad choices you made there. You should have stuck with Tuchel. And even if you decided that you didn't want to, which that was what you decided, why did you go back to Frank Lampard? I understand why you got rid of Graham Potter because they literally could, they couldn't score and they couldn't win any games. It was a disaster. But this is Frank's second attempt at Chelsea. I think it's his second or is it his third? I've lost track. Uh, at being manager. And... Previously, it was when we had Ollie. Why did you go back to Frank Lampard? I mean, I know you needed quickly to get an intern man- interim manager, intern interim manager, but why was it Lampard that you chose? Okay, it was only for a small portion of a season. Chelsea did actually almost get relegated this season. That was that was mathematically a possibility at some point. And okay. You could say, like, you know, first five, ten games of of a season, any team can sort of get mathematically relegated. Okay. But I'm talking about the later, more realistic stages of the season. There was a a period in the season where I think there was about eight or ten games left, and they were only ten points clear of relegation. Isn't that just, like... That's just incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And they just kept losing, and they kept losing, and they kept losing... And they couldn't score. I was watching the highlights of their games. Um, just couldn't hit the target. Just, just couldn't score. And okay, you can say about they didn't really. That current Chelsea team doesn't really have a proper number nine, a proper striker, because they loaned out Lukaku and they loaned out uh, Werner. I don't know why they did that, but they did. And they were playing Sterling up front, Havertz up front, Conor Gallagher up front. Players that are good attackers, but none of them are strikers. Then they loaned Jao Felix, and they didn't really play him very much. Because, I mean, when they loaned Jao Felix, they should have had a front three of Sterling, probably Felix and Havertz. Ziyech is really good as well. But that's a pretty good, that's a good enough front three to get you at least a couple of goals per game. Sterling can score a goal. I've seen him do it loads of times for City. Felix can certainly score a goal. And so can Havertz. They're, they're not like Harry Kane, Haaland type of goal scorers. But they, they can grab you enough goals and they just couldn't score. And they just kept dropping and dropping and dropping and they finished 12th. So for reference, so obviously one point for a draw, none for a defeat and three for a win. 
how things ended is um, Leicester, who are 18th, so the furthest out relegated, finished with 34 points. Chelsea finished with 44. So that points gap did stay to... I mean, it changed a little bit. But at that point in the season where it was, there's enough games for them mathematically to get relegated. And I think they got that one win. I can't remember who it was against. And they were safe from relegation. They still finished just 10 points above relegation. Um, yeah, that's that's quite incredible. And if Everton had drawn their last game, they would have finished on 34 points as well. Which would have meant them getting relegated instead of Leicester, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so what does Chelsea need to do next season? Um, I think they need to... They've got a lot of, just like, a lot of players. They need to figure out who they want to keep and get rid of. They really need a striker. There's a couple of teams in this in this league, I'll point them out in a minute, that really could do like a Kane-Harlan type of number nine. There's different types of strikers in the world, but that Kane sort of Harlan type of number nine. Chelsea could really use that. Lukaku is, I think, coming back to Chelsea next season. Depends on what he decides to do. He should really be that player for them, but I, d- I don't know whether he's like not up to it for Premier League anymore, or I, I don't think he's that old. He's only about he's only around about Kane's age, which is like twenty nine or something. Um, Lukaku should really be that player for them, or is supposed to be anyway, because Werner's not really like a goal scorer, goal scorer. He's more of just like a forward. Um, sort out the defender. Granted, they did lose quite a few players last season as well. They lost like Rudiger and a bunch of other people. I think they're losing a few this season. Um, but what was frustrating, I guess, for Chelsea fans is they did buy quite a few players. Um, and was it Todd? Is it Todd Bowley? Not Bob Bowley. Todd Todd Bowley uh, did spend quite a bit of money, but just couldn't score enough goals. Yeah. Um, don't know. I, I, I did hear that Felix isn't staying with Chelsea, so they need to, I guess, replace him. Um, if you're Raheem Sterling this season, <laughs> I get that sometimes players win a lot with a team and they think, oh, I want to move on to like a new challenge. Like what Casemiro did was winning, you know, Champions Leagues and the Ligas with Real Madrid and wanted to go over to United for a different challenge. I understand that if for Sterling it was, I'm going to leave City, we keep winning the league, but I want a different challenge. I wonder if he looks back on this season and thinks, I could have just had like another league title. Um, although he likes F- Foden and uh, Graylish on that left side. So I'm not sure where um, Sterling would have fit in. Although I th- I think Sterling's a better player than Grealish. So make of that what you will. Although you could probably play, because they've got Mares on the right. I don't know who their backup is for there. You can switch Foden out to the right and play Sterling on the left if you need to. Um... But anyway, that's Man City. Um, but Chelsea, finishing 12th. I, I think they got Pochettino. They need to stick to him, back him, and not sack him after three months. Um, is is he going to last? Because the season starts in August. Is he going to last till December? Is But when when Christmas Day hits this year, will Pochettino still be a manager? And I, and I don't mean in terms of what they did with Frank, which is like, let's say hypothetically they sacked, sacked Poch. Went back to Frank for some reason, sacked him, and then went back to Poch. I don't mean that. I mean actually sticking with Poch from August to at least at least Christmas Day. And if you last till Christmas Day, can you make it to January first? Because um, they they need to. I know I, mean, I know that was more of an Abramovich thing. Because um, what was his name? Was it Di Matteo who got their first the, the 2012 Champions League? He won them in the first Champions League. That was what Abramovich wanted. And then two months later, I, I think he, he was sacked because he didn't get the results. Um, Yeah, Chelsea have been, been weird like that. But they don't have Abramovich anymore. They got Todd Bowley. But then that being said, you could argue the same managerial thing is there because sacked Tuchel in a couple of months, gave Potter a little bit more time, but then sacked him and then went back to Frank. That's like the worst choices you could have made. You literally downgraded from... And this is no disrespect to Potter, but he should have stayed at Brighton. Although Brighton did very well. He should have stayed at Brighton. I, I would compare that like when like when David Moyes was at Everton and went to Man United. Sometimes jumping from like a West Ham or an Everton or a Leicester to somebody like Chelsea or Man United isn't quite the easy transition that you might think it is. Um, and we've seen that type of... 
change happen a few times. Like, looking back, David might... Like, he's doing all right at West Ham. I mean, they might be about to win the Conference League, which for them would be very good. Um, he's, like, found some, some footing over there. Um, I'm not saying a manager like that can't build themselves up to become a big manager of a big club, but sometimes you've got to work your steps a little bit differently, I suppose. So, um... Yeah, them going from Tuchel to Potter to, to back to Lampard was like just three just terrible decisions. Um, I mean, I looked at Graham Potter and I thought, oh, that could work. You probably should have stuck with Tuchel, but that could work. And then it really, really didn't. And then they went back to Frank, and it was like, why? I mean, uh, like, where where is Tuchel now? He's at Bayern, isn't he? These managers chop and change all the time, even um, abroad. I would argue that okay, if you were looking to um, go from Potter to somebody else. You pro- you probably should have just gone back to Tuchel, honestly. Um, that man won you a Champions League in less than a year. Like he he's got something. Thomas Tuchel's got something. Um, we should have stuck with him. Uh, all right, let's talk about relegation. Um, we almost lost Everton this season. So out of the three that were fighting on the final day, because Southampton were already gone, Leeds, Leicester, and Everton. I wanted Leicester to stay up. It is kind of sad. That, what was it? Seven years ago? 2016? Something like that. Um, they won the Premier League. And the funny thing is. Lo- looking at like how the title has gone since then. When they won the Premier League title in was it 2016. They had the same amount of Premier League titles as Man City. And more titles than Liverpool. So that was like, I think we love a sort of underdog story like that. Like that, that. That season, they just kept winning and kept winning. And Leicester winning the title. I mean, I'd prefer my team to win it. But that's such a great little story. Like, that's almost, I, mean, I don't know if you could, could compare that to what happened with Wrexham. But we like hearing those underdog type of stories. It's like when, um, I can't remember which season it was, when Wigan beat Man City in the FA Cup final. You love to see stuff like that, unless you're a City fan, of course. Um, so yeah, them going down, I mean, the problem is with that, they've got like Vardy, who Vardy's a little bit old now. You've got Madison and, and Didi, and you've got Tillemans, and you've got all these like quite good players. Their team's probably going to get a bit dismantled now. Um... Because we'll probably look at Madison or something. Chelsea might look at some of those players. Tottenham might look at a few of them. I think you've got in- Inacho as well. Um, he's probably looking and thinking I should have stayed at City. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a bit sad. Um, and I know Everton have got a long, long, long history in the, the league. Because it was, I said, 69 years this, this year that they stayed up in a row. I'm honestly more concerned about Leicester staying up. Because that's more of a recent kind of... They won the league recently... And I would have just liked to see them stay up. I think they'll come back up next season. Depending on what manager they have. Because uh, it's Sam... Is it Dean Smith, is that his name? Let me just... Uh, uh, click on their team. What's the guy's name? It's not Sam Smith, that's the singer. Uh, Smith Dean... Is it Smith Dean then? I thought it was Dean Smith. It was Smith something. Um... Whether they'll stick with him, I, I don't know. But they also need to keep a good amount of their players. Um, although they could kind of do what Leeds did, which is build their team back up and then get promoted and then keep trying to build it back up. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, so that was Leicester. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is UK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode. And you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well. So you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging 
to the items themselves, even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very, very first class, very professional, so no questions about Manscaped's quality. Thanks very much to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Okay, with Leeds, um, you've made some bad decisions over the last year, Leeds United. You made some bad decisions. You sold Rafinha, you sold a couple of your midfielders, you sold Phillips, who's played like two games for City this season. I don't know why he went there, but I guess he's now a Premier League winner. So, good for him. Um, And then you sacked Bielsa. Then you sacked, not Jack Ryan, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they've got um, somebody else now, haven't they? But they went from Bielsa to that American guy, didn't they? And then to, to whoever they've got now. Let me just look up the guy's name quickly. Lost 4-1 on the final day. Um, not Ryan Mason, that's Tottenham. Um... Oh yeah, of course, Big Sam. How could I, yeah, Sam and I dice. How could I forget? Big Sam. Uh, they finished with uh, Jesse March. Was that guy's name? Wasn't it? it was, I knew it was like Jesse something. So they went from Bielsa to Jesse March to to Big Sam. Um, you you ruined your team. Like you haven't really, apart from like Bamford, who's quite good. You got James on loan at, at at Leeds. He's not been sold, but he's he's on loan. <sighs> Okay, you stayed up last season, and I guess some of your players decided, you know, Rafinha decided, like, okay, would I rather stay with someone like Barcelona who's going to compete or fight a relegation battle every year with Leeds? Uh, I don't know how much Rafinha's actually played for Barcelona. I heard that he wanted to, to leave after joining there, but... And you didn't really replace those players with, with anybody that was that great. Um... I mean, look, they didn't get kind of slaughtered like Southampton did. Southampton finished on 25 points, Leeds on 31. But you ru- I, you've almost, like, ruined your team. Sacking your manager twice, ending up with Big Sam. No disrespect to Big Sam, uh, to, to Sam Allardyce. Um Like, what do you have in that team? Isn't it like, and then you just got absolutely smashed 4-1 on the last day. Um, <laughs> what can you say? You ruined your own team. So, there you go. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Um, Nottingham Forest. I kind of wanted Nottingham Forest to go down. Just because I... I don't know. I don't really like Nottingham Forest. Um, they got Lingard and they got Dean Anderson. And I don't like those two. So I wanted to see them get relegated. Um, Bournemouth didn't. Because uh, Forest only finished four points off the bottom. Which isn't by very much. Everton surviving by two. I don't mind Everton in the Premier League. Um... But if you say to me, okay, Leeds are basically going down, would you rather pick Leicester or Everton? I think I'd rather pick Leicester. I just, 
I like them more, and they've won the league recently, and it's just a bit sad what's happened there. Um, and as much as I kind of have interest in Liverpool from just seeing what they do, them being a historical rival of my, my club, um, of all the derbies, like obviously you've got all the London derbies, you've got North London derby, Tottenham Arsenal, you've got Chelsea against different teams, um, you've got obviously the Manchester derby, Man United against Liverpool... I don't really care about the Merseyside derby, Liverpool and Everton. Don't really care. It's probably the least competitive out of all those. Um, yeah, and that one never really... Because Everton never really get near the top, do they? Um, Liverpool do, but... When you think about like Arsenal against Chelsea, that's a big game with a lot of stakes. Tottenham versus Arsenal, that's a big game. Um... Those two teams switched around against each other. Or, you know, Man United and Man City. Big Manchester derby. Man United, Liverpool. Liverpool, Arsenal. Arsenal, Liverpool. All, all, all those sorts of big games. Liverpool, Everton just doesn't... I, like... Like, if... Like on, on a weekend, if you hear, oh, Man United have won the Manchester derby. That has, like... Importance. When you hear, like, oh, Liverpool have beaten Everton. Like, okay... <laughs> like uh, Everton can be good and they've been a bit of a bogey team for us in the past admittedly but if do you get what I mean like if if Man United beat Liverpool or something that's like probably a game that's going to affect at the end of the season what happens at the top Um, or like Liverpool against Man City that's a title race game or Arsenal against Man City that's a title race game at least it was this season Newcastle's games against different teams is more interesting um, so in terms of keeping like rivalries and stuff in the Premier League, don't care about the Merseyside derby. Usually Liverpool win it, at least I think they do. But what what are Everton competing for? This season it was for relegation. They usually just finish mid-table. Um, let's let's check where they finished last season. Um, yeah, sixteenth relegation scrap. Season before that. Uh, okay, tenth mid 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 table. Uh, let's just check one more the one the one before that. Um, so twenty twenty twelfth mid. It, it it never really has any. It's not. Although it's a okay, it's a Merseyside derby, and that element itself makes it a big game. It's not a big game for the Premier League though. It it's a big game for you know local rivalries. It's not a big Premier League game. I don't really care about it that much. So, what else do I want to talk about? Um. I suppose top scorers is one to finish off on. Erling Haaland. You might have heard of him. Um, 36 goals. Broke the record. I believe the record was... I thought it was 32 for a... For a right, so in the Premier League for a single season, the most goals for a Premier League player, so 1993... Um, in a Premier League season. I googled it once before. And it came up with 32. It had like Salah, Ronaldo. Kane maybe. And a, few, and a few other players. 36. He's cleared that. Broke that record. Uh, came with 30. Ivan Tony, who's now been banned. With 20. Uh, Salah with 19. So he's. Um, so in terms of Liverpool. And like Salah. And them, them scoring goals and stuff. Even in seasons where they don't do well, he does still kind of turn up, Salah. I um I do... Is it bad as a United fan if I say I respect him? I don't know if respect is the right word. I appreciate him as a footballer. As an individual footballer, I think he's very, very good. Um, Callum Wilson at Newcastle. So someone from Newcastle making it into the top five. Really, really good. Uh, Rashford having, I think, his highest scoring season. I don't know about for the whole Premier League, but... For all competitions, he got 30-something. Um, so he got 17. Uh, I'll just read out the top 10. I'm not going to read out the whole list. Uh, Ollie Watkins for Villa. Of course, they did very well. They had somebody boosting them up the, this season. Got Odegaard, got Ollie Watkins, Martinelli, and Saka. So this is where... And I pointed this out on the United cast, because when, when we've been failing to score as many goals, one Man United player there in the top 10, one Liverpool player, one City player who... Okay, 36. That's like most of your goals. Um, Harry Kane carrying Tottenham. So there's a few teams there you can kind of see. They had their main number nine, their main man up front. 
Um, it was interesting with Arsenal this season because yeah, you got three, three of the top ten: Odegaard, um, Martinelli, Saka. I think they've got another one here somewhere as well. Um, down in fourteenth, you've got Jesus. They kind of had this front line of sharing the goals between them. And I suppose you could say, okay, what what's the better thing to have? One person scoring you twenty to in the range of twenty to thirty goals a season. Or having like four players score about 10 or 15. Now luckily on City's part, I think it really was lucky on their part. Because although they had like Foden chipping in and Mara scored some goals and Gundogan and De Bruyne and most of their players scored goals. Most of it came from Haaland. Um, But past the top five there, top six I suppose... So once you get past Liverpool, Brentford, Tottenham, Man City, Man United, and Newcastle, so sort of top six, you then get into sort of teams having lots of scorers. I suppose you you want a balance here. You want a bit of a, a bit of both because if you've got one player who's scoring you thirty goals in a season and you have other players chipping in with three or five, you really are relying upon that one man. And I do wonder. And of course, I don't wish any injury upon any player, but would it have changed um, City's season if Haaland... Ha- I mean, I-, I think he had an injury which which was for about two games, maybe. Would it have changed City's season that much? And you could point this out for all competitions, because they've almost got to the final of all the competitions, apart from Carabao Cup. How much would that have changed City? What, what would they have done? I suppose they would have played, I think, Alvarez up front, who did get a good few goals, but not 36. Um, I look at this top 10, they don't have anybody else in the top 10. Neither do we, but still. Because you could argue, okay, what would we have done without Rashford? We, we'd have struggled. Um, I suppose you kind of want a bit of both, but then it is good to have one player like you can rely on a bit more. And the funny thing was with Haaland this season, and when I was watching the highlights of his goals, no one's really trying to stop him. No one's really like marking him properly, or putting a foot in, or shoving him a little bit. Like we do remember this as a contact sport, don't we? You can, you can shove and kind of like, you know, make physical contact with a player. You you are allowed to do that. And there was a few of his goals this season that were headed goals. No one's really like challenging him in the air. And I think they need to players need to stop being afraid of him because it almost feels like he's got this sort of, oh my god, how do we mark Haaland? Because um, like I talked about with our FA Cup final preview, I didn't watch when they played Real Madrid in, in that first leg. But um, I heard that he had the fewest touches on the pitch, including both goalkeepers. Uh, now your goalkeeper doesn't touch the touch the ball that much, but obviously if you pass it back to your keeper or he comes for a cross or makes a save. That's that's goalkeeper taking a touch, I suppose. Um, and they they success from what I understand, they successfully marked him out of the game. That's what you got got to do against him. So again, we'll see how that kind of plays out on on Saturday. Um, all right, that's it. That's pretty much my Premier League review. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this season, even though City did win it again. But then there's the 115 allegations. Um, so we'll see if or when anything comes about those. But aside from City predictably winning it again, again, the few elements, the rise of Man United again, obviously personal enjoyment there. The challenge from Arsenal was very interesting. Top of the league for most of the season, just unfortunately not at the end. The rise of Newcastle, um... The fall of Tottenham, seeing them towards the end of the season concede three, four, five, six goals in each game. The fall of Liverpool with a slight recovery at the end, but them just completely capitulating this season. Um, and then seeing relegation, which I found interesting as well. So uh, it was a very, very good season of Premier League football. A very, very good season of Premier League football. And I'm very curious to see who rises and falls next season. We shall, um, we shall see. I think in terms of because there's a few teams you can kind of look at there and think okay you need a you probably need another striker. I think Arsenal needed Jesus back up. I think we need a proper Rashford back up. Newcastle I don't really know what Newcastle need necessarily. Maybe a couple of defenders because they do they have like Almiron who did well. They've got 
Um, Wilson, who scored some goals. You've got St. Maximin, who's a really, really good player. He's probably their best player. So you've got a good front line, but maybe like another goal scorer in there off the bench. Um, the midfielder's pretty good from what I understand. So, I don't know, maybe a couple of defenders or something. Um, so yeah, Newcastle getting some new players would be good. Arsenal, I think with Arsenal, it's get get rebuild your midfield a little bit. Like replace Xhaka. Because Odegaard's really good and Partey plays quite a lot. Front line's pretty good. You could maybe use another player in your front line. I think they need some defenders though. I, I heard I heard a lot of reliance on I think his name was Saliba this season. Um yeah, you probably need some backup to those, which we, we need some new centre backs as well, probably. So and as far as far as Liverpool goes, it sounds like they need a new midfield. Uh you got plenty of strikers, but it sounds like they need a new midfield. Which, if they don't get it, then fine with me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how everything goes next season. Anyway, what did you think of this Premier League season? Who do you support? How did your team do this season? Is your team called Luton? Um, and you got promoted, which is very cool. Uh, anyway, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments uh, about this Premier League season. Uh, do you agree or disagree with points? What did you think of the rise and the fall of certain teams I mentioned? Uh, like the fall of Chelsea, the fall of Tottenham, the fall of Liverpool, but the rise of Man United, Arsenal and Newcastle. Um, it's a bit of a shame City predictably won it again. Arsenal should have done that. But anyway, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, and there's information in your show notes. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look out for what we do over there. Uh, for all of that, of course, there's two more United Cast episodes this season. The FA Cup final review, win or lose, there is no, there is no draw. I'll be there on Saturday, um, hopefully, to uh, to review that game. Um, so um, whether we lose the final or win it, um, I'll hopefully be reviewing that one. And then about a week or so later, I, I don't know when exactly it will be. I'll do a um, season wrap up podcast for May night, just going over the season and the highlights and the lows and all that kind of stuff for the season. Um, to check all that out uh, for that uh, anyway um, word of mouth social media let other people know about what we're doing and where they can find it um, either by telling them what we use on social media Patreon $5 $10 level tiers ad free podcast with your options have a look at that as well if you'd like to um, TV and film news Geek Town Radio there's a new episode from well I'm going to be posting this on the 1st but there's a new Geek Town Radio for this week uh, Tuesdays geektown.co.uk as well for all that uh, check out uh, TV and Film News, Geek Town Radio, Tuesdays, geektown.co.uk. Bex, uh, you can find our streaming uh, very regularly over on Twitch, Trista BYTES, Retro Chat Game, and other streams. Me as well over on Twitch at eTalkUK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and I will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>